0: Let me pray, and then we're going to welcome everybody joining us today. Dear God, we thank you so much for this opportunity, week three in this series, about how we think. What we need is not me. We don't need more of ourselves. What we need is for you to show up, for you to speak to us, for us to hear your word, uh, stir our hearts. For those of us that need encouragement, we pray that you just fill us with encouragement this morning. For those of us that have been a little apathetic, that you shake loose some of that junk. Those of us that have had barriers put up, I pray that you'd pull them down. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We need you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome 930. Go Phils. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're so glad that you're joining us, Grace Tremont. Grace Tremont's online right now, and those of you that will be joining us online, we're excited to have you guys here for week three in our series. Um, called Mind the Gap. This is all about paying attention about a spot in our lives we don't pay attention to, how we think. But how we think is that space that can also trip us up the most. It's, it's a space in our life, how we think, that can cause us a lot of hurt. This, this series is named after the Mind the Gap signs all over the metro and subways in Europe, right? This space that they don't pay attention to between the platform and the train that is leaving the station. We just wanna jump from point A to point C and we forget that there's this space in between our ears that's very important, has a big effect on how we live. has a big effect on, on how our faith plays out in our lives. It's this space we don't often pay attention to. So, so this series, we're thinking about how we think. But we're not just interested in hearing what Josh Ott has to say about how we think because Josh Ott struggles enough with his own thoughts. I don't have anything to offer you from my own wisdom. What, what we've been doing is we've been digging in to what God says, what the Bible says about how we should think. So far in this series, we talked about replacing the lies with truth, the, the lies that the enemy spits at us, the lies about who we are, that we're not good enough, replacing those with truth. Maybe you've been buying into some lies that have been reinforced as if they are strongholds in your thinking. Lies that tell you you're not good enough or lies that say I can't do it and lies that say I'm always gonna be alone or nobody's gonna love me for who I am or lies that say I have to perform for people to accept me, I have to get the grades or nobody's gonna be a failure in life and my parents will be right, right? Like stronghold and lies that build up and how we need to counter those lies like Jesus did with truth. What's the truth? Even though we're believing these lies as if they're true, what does God say is true? He says he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. There's no place you can go where he isn't. He says you're worth so much that he sent his son for you. He's with you. He knows everything about you. You're valuable to him. Like countering the lies with truth, replacing them. And then last week we, we talked about how... Um, we can experience perfect peace from having our minds, our thoughts, stayed on. We talked, that was the title of the message, stayed on, God. Not, not stayed on all the other junk that happens in our life. Not stayed on the lies, but, but thinking about who God is. Laying hard into our relationship with God. That's, the, that's a pretty good translation of that word stayed, that Hebrew word stayed from last week. We, we talked about how in week one, you got to combat lies with truth. In week two, instead of focusing on you and all the things wrong with you and all the things wrong with your life, it's about leaning into and understanding who God is. That's what's missing. If you've been struggling because you've been betrayed or hurt or somebody has done something awful and unjust to you, it's God's character of justice that will encourage your heart knowing that he sees it all he's got it all he's going to lock it all down he's paying attention that there's nothing that escapes him if you're feeling unloved it's his character his unfailing love that's who God is he's first he, john says he is love it's his love that that counters that whole idea that you're unlovable it's his character how much do you know god because your trust is only going to be as big as what you put trust in. Your faith is only going to be as big as the object of your faith. And I wonder if so many of us walk around with this weak faith that just gets banged up and beat up. Anytime something jumps into our lives and surprises us, I wonder if we really struggle. I wonder if I really struggle with my trust because my God's too small. Sometimes we don't even know who he is or what he's like. Now, you want to, like, open up your world. You want to really experience some incredible stuff through your faith. Spend some time getting to know this God you profess faith in, his character. And today, we're talking about how peace guards our hearts, but we got to think differently. Think differently. I want to read to you the passage that we're going to look at this morning, and it's found in... Philippians chapter four and uh, verse nine. Actually, I'm going to start at verse. Sorry, six. We'll read through a little bit. You ready for this? Philippians chapter four and verse six. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles. We'd love to give you paper Bibles. We're running out. We gave so many away, so we're going to reorder some. But there's two more out there. Snatch them and run. <clears throat> Just go for it. Nobody's going to chase you down. Stealing Bibles is accepted here. It's not stealing if we offer them. It might be stealing if you steal the person sitting next to you your Bible. Bible. Make sure it doesn't have a name written in the front first. Um, But if you don't have a Bible, don't feel bad about it. I have my Bible. You can just listen in. It says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your request to God. We talked about perfect peace last week in Isaiah 26.3. And here's that peace theme again. Because we can talk about it a lot, but experiencing it is something completely different. It's not a one-hit wonder kind of thing. The peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard your hearts and your minds. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such I wonder how much energy we spend thinking about such things. Or how much energy we spend thinking about other (laughs) things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Peace guards your heart. The perfect peace we talked about last week in this chapter, the peace that surpasses understanding, it's the kind of peace that you can't explain, that circum- you shouldn't be experiencing in your circumstances. It's the kind of peace that's so elusive. The peace that surpasses understanding, it's what protects you. It what, it's what guards your heart and your mind. Peace guards. Chaos exploits. You need more peace in your life and less Chaos. Some of you live pretty chaotic lives, and what's lacking because of all the chaos in your life is peace, because chaos will always exploit you, it'll exploit your schedule, you will suffer in, in, as a result of experiencing chaos or perpetuating chaos in your own life, but peace guards you. Conflict steals peace. Some of you live in conflict every day. It's conflict at home, walking on eggshells. It's conflict at work. How do I not have the boss be mad at me today? It seems like he's mad at me no matter what I do anyway. Some of you have given up because your lives are just so full of conflict. Your parents, your siblings, it's just everywhere you look. It's conflict. Conflict, it steals your peace and it... Accentuates your insecurities. Stress, it leads to more anxiety in your life. You've, how have you been coping with stress? <laughs> we don't often cope with stress in healthy ways. Our first reaction is not to cope with stress in healthy ways. And what happens is we just have this inner heart that's constantly under stress. We, we place it on expectations of others. And it's building anxiety and anxiety in our life. Peace... Guards you from all of these things. Peace is what we have to keep coming back to from this place of stress after we've experienced some chaos because conflict is unavoidable in life. We got to keep coming back to this peace and it's not something that you can generate or experience on your own. Something that's this beautiful gift from God that He directs us to experience through our faith in Him. It's, it's in here, written in here, like a big fat if. Like, if. Like, like you should, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you're probably thinking, if we have a chance tonight. <laughs> If this is big, it's, so it's like this. Peace will guard your heart if you cast your anxiety on Him in every situation through prayer and petition. You like like that word stayed last week. You depend on or you stay on God. If if it's so hard because our thoughts sabotage that process. And our thoughts are what end up stealing our peace. Peace guards our hearts. And experiencing peace is directly connected to our thoughts. Here's how our thoughts sabotage us, right? Like, if, if I keep praying, well, God doesn't hear me pray. It doesn't feel I'm not getting the answers I want. These are all the thoughts that are running through our heads. If he even hears me, I don't even know if he hears me. And all of a sudden, that, that little plan, that if part of this passage you experience peace if you in every situation through prayer and petition keep bringing it to God but our thoughts go if if he's even listening if he's even there or or maybe it's like if I'm even good enough if I'm even important enough our thoughts they start to sabotage this whole process that allows us to experiencing peace. Our thoughts are what ring loudest, not God's truth in our, our lives. It's our, it's our thoughts that sabotage us. Maybe God doesn't even care. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe this is for other people. It just doesn't work for me. It's not gonna work for me. I, I haven't had any, it seems like God hasn't answered any prayers. I don't see him working. I don't hear him. I don't know. Like it's our thoughts that sabotage this whole journey to experiencing peace, thank goodness in this passage, it doesn't end right there. He, he wraps it up with this finally thing. Finally, in his final exhortations to them, finally, you guys are like, finally, he's getting to the point. Finally, the sermon might be almost over. <laughs> finally, finally, think different, practice what you hear and experience God's presence and peace. It's so simple, it's la- I love it. Like, like, coming into this message, I'm just like, okay Josh, just keep it simple, don't mess this up. If you want to experience it, like the final exhortation to experiencing peace, it's, it's one, think different. Two, practice what you hear. <laughs> Three, experience God's presence and peace. We wanna experience God's presence and peace right off the bat. And if we're not, we think something's wrong with God or we think something's wrong with us. We wanna jump, we struggle with the practice thing. (laughs) How how have you been doing practicing replacing lies with truth in your brain? Have you done it at all? I I know I started off really good after that sermon because I was like, I better. I'm asking these people to do it. I better do it. The lies started popping up right away, and I was hitting them early. I was hitting them No, man. I am good enough because of what God's done. No, I can do it because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I feel weak, but my weak is where his strength is perfected. I was doing it early, but then the practice thing you know, like it falls off quick. I'm not judging. I'm right, right there too. Like putting into practice is, is something that sometimes we're good at, but sometimes it, it drifts off. But, but I really think the hardest part of this whole thing, like finally, is our thoughts. Because if our thoughts are in the right place, stayed on God, focused where they should be, the pr- putting into practice stuff just comes naturally. And if you're putting into practice what you're hearing from God, you are automatically, automatically, you don't have to put on some deep emotional worship song and grab the tissues in your car and be like, I'm going to have a good cry with Jesus this morning. (laughs) You don't got to do that to experience it. You don't got to be like, I'm going to go to church I'm going to forget all those things that person said about me. I'm going to turn off Facebook, and I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to hear an inspiring message, and uh, I'm going to experience Jesus this morning. That's not, you don't got to try. The experience part just happens if you're putting into practice, and the putting into practice automatically comes from how you think. So, so the hardest part in this whole thing is, how we think. It's hard for a number of different reasons. First of all, your amygdala. You never thought I'd say that word in church. It's a tiny part of your brain that's constantly trying to protect you from perceived threats, real and not real. Mostly these days, not real. That part of your brain is like on hyper alert, waiting for something bad to happen waiting for something negative that could throw you off. And every time it does, it shouts, fight, flight, get out of here. You got to do something about it, right? But when the, when the threat is imagined, there's nothing to flee from. <laughs> and there's nothing to fight, nothing real. And then the enemy gets in there and tries to exploit this whole thing. Just like sticks his foot on your amygdala and says, you better run, <laughs> you better fight, because you're trash, and you're going to get tore up, and you're too weak, and you're not going to make it, and you're going to die young, and nobody's going to love you, and everybody's going to leave you, and the, and the lies, right? He, the enemy, the devil, exploits that junk, exploits your whole process. And so it's, it's really the hardest part, how we think. We focus on the negative, and the negative is so easy to focus on. It has all of our attention. We keep lists of it. We focus on it, we hold on to it. Here's an idea. What gets the most attention on your report card? Some of you are too old for report cards. <laughs> right? Parents, what do, you, what do you look for? I mean, what usually gets mentioned the most is the areas a kid needs to work on maybe where they're falling short. You're a coach, right? Like I coach sports. It's, it's easy to focus on the negative things that went wrong. It's really hard to focus on all the positives and just set the negative stuff aside. Try doing that. I tried doing that recently for a whole half of a game, hardest half of a game. I just said to myself, I'm not gonna say anything negative. It was the hardest, worst part of, like it's, it's hard, right? It's easy to focus on the negative stuff. What gets the attention at your workplace is all the areas that there's mistakes. Your boss probably is more likely to talk to you about what you're messing up and less likely to talk to you about what you're doing really good. If they're talking about what you're doing really good, it's probably because they're trying to set the table for what they want to talk about really, which is what's going really bad. It's a negative. What's the list you've made about your honey? (laughs) What's that look like? It's probably not like, he's so cute. Man, I love the beard. It's really growing in nice. (laughs) What a stellar, awesome person. I just, maybe it is, but most of the time when we're just doing real life, the list we're coming up about our partner is all the negative stuff. He looked at me funny again this morning. What's his problem? Why she always got that resting face? I'm, I'm not filling in the blank. You know the resting. <laughs> resting agitated face. It's a Christian way to say it, right? Like, what do we list? We list all the negative stuff. It's all the deficiencies. It's all of the stuff people do wrong around us. It's all of the negative. That's what gets our attention, and, and can I just say we lock on to it? You focus on it. You focus on the negative in others, and you focus on the negative in yourself. And then you don't let it go. Don't Don't, let, don't, raise, don't do any kind of guys, especially, because I'm one of you, just sit still. <laughs> like Some of you have been holding up stuff for 30 years rubbing it in people's faces because you hold on to the negative that you've been focused on for so long. How's that going to work? It's not going to lead to a romantic evening. (laughs) We focus on all the negative stuff. We create lists about them. We hold on to that stuff. I want to read a verse to you, Proverbs 17, 22. And maybe this is why your relationship feels a little dried up. Maybe this is why your purpose feels a little bit dried up. Your value feels a little bit dried up. Maybe it's this truth. It says in Proverbs seventeen twenty-two, 22, cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. When you focus on The negative all the time in yourself you are crushing your own spirit when you focus on every little negative thing a kid does and that's what you talk about most that's what you're loudest about you're crushing the kid's spirit when you get to together for lunch with your sort of middle-aged daughter and you tell her all the ways she should be parenting different, you're not helping her parent. You're crushing her spirit. And the result of that, whether you're inflicting it on yourself or on others, is dried up bones. You're killing the relationship. You're killing yourself. It's dried up. Bones. So, good news is, this passage gives us this this list, finally, finally, think different. Think, Paul says in this passage, about the good. Think about the good. And Psalm, just in case you're thinking like, oh, this is pretty positive, like is this just some kind of positive thinking junk? No, this is biblically, thinking about how we think. In Psalm 103.2, it says don't forget his benefits. It's a reminder, right? Like, right in the beginning of that psalm, God don't forget the benefits. <laughs> we think about the name, oh, I gotta go to church, I gotta listen to this guy, Is it, I gotta do, I can't do all this fun stuff, and I gotta do all this, la- no, no, it's like think about the benefits you have from a God who loves you unconditionally, from a God who sent his son from you, for God who it says in Ephesians 1-3 has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. If you have faith in God, maybe some things have been off the rails for you circumstantially. You might not feel blessed financially. You might not feel blessed relationally. But trumping all that, you are a child and an heir in the kingdom of God and it says in Ephesians, he's blessed you with everything spiritually you need. Every spiritual blessing. Psalm 34, eight, it's an invitation. Come taste and see that that the Lord is good. And finally, Psalm sixty-six. It's, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I planned on reading. I'm just going to start with verse five. But can I just tell you, like, go read Psalm sixty-six, one through ten, this afternoon. It's an incredible encouragement to these people. It says, "Come and see what God has done for you. His awesome deeds for mankind. He turned a sea into dry land. They passed through." on waters, on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all the peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Here, listen. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. When you think about the good, it shows you That God has always been there. That he's been keeping you from slipping. It reaffirms his love for you. When you look at the past and you look for how the good has shown up, you start to see that promise in Romans that he was working in all things for the good of those who love you. He was working in the midst of that terrible thing. He was working in the midst of that breakup. He was working in the midst of that disappointment. He was working in the midst of that job loss. He was working in the midst of that failure. He was working in the midst of And when you stop long enough and zoom out, take a breath, slow down and look for the good, you will see how he has been bringing good out of even the terrible stuff you've experienced. When you stop and look at your past and look for the good in it, instead of focusing on all the bad, instead of focusing on all the terrible and the negative, you see God's hand at work in your story. And nothing will encourage you more Nothing will make you feel more valuable and important to him than seeing he walked you through a bunch of stuff even though you were ignoring him. You weren't paying attention. You weren't faithful. You weren't following. You weren't reading. You weren't looking for him. But he was there the whole time because he loves you. When you look for the good, it reaffir- in your past it reaffirms that he loves you and he's with you. When you look for the good, in your, it, it inspires you with fresh hope for the future. If you struggle to hope for a new tomorrow, if you have trouble believing that God has a plan for you and not a plan to harm you, but a plan to prosper you, to give you a hope, new hope and a future, if you struggle with that, maybe you need to stop and start looking for the good. It's all around you. When you look and think about the good things, it strengthens you today. strengthens you for today so the challenge is so simple if we want to really experience the peace of god and his presence in our lives if that's something you need it comes from putting into practice what you hear but putting into practice what you hear has to stop being sabotaged by these negative thoughts of i can't or god won't or I'm too. I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or I'm not worth enough or all of these negative things that we focus on in our circumstances and in the people around us We just overcomes and starts crushing our spirit. We gotta stop and start thinking about whatever is pure, whatever is good, whatever is lovely. He's doing good things all around you. He's doing good things in the midst of the bad things that you're walking through. He is constantly, he favors you he loves you there is good every day because he loves you just don't see it so the challenge is simple make a new list plain as paper and a pen or a note on your phone be really brave post it on social make a new list Think about whatever is good, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely. Think about the good that you see God doing in the midst of your life, around you. For some of you, it's like you got to get back on the batting tee. You're not going to hit a home run because you've been negative for so long. It's just so instinctual. It's so next step for you. It's just what happens. You just see, you look at a bowl of cereal and you see how there's not enough little marshmallows in it. It doesn't matter where you are, the negative is the first thing that you see. Stop. Get back on the batting tee. Simplify it. You gotta build some new muscle memory in how you think. Think about what is good. Start putting it from pen to paper. Make a new list about your marriage. Make a new list about your workplace. Make a new list about your kids and then you want to do something that will ensure they are incredible human beings? Share that positive list with them and don't follow it with the negative. Don't add a but. Think about the good. It's simple, right? You want to experience his presence and peace. Start rewiring how you think. Think. Make some lists about all the good you see and watch how God will change your focus off of yourself and your negative circumstances onto him. And watch as your focus shifts how your experience will be so different and so much better. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much. Love you. We're so grateful for this opportunity to learn from your word. Would you just encourage us, help us to like, Put some new lists down, to think about some new things, to think about you, think about your truth, to think about the positives we see all around us that you have blessed us with. Don't let the negative keep stealing from us, the peace that you have for us. Give us a new mind. Help us to think differently. Put in practice what we hear, hear from you. because so we want to experience you and the peace you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.